I just wanted to feel like a winner today. <laughs> My wife's an alum. I can do that. That's, that's fine. It's football season. So. Uh, when Billy Crystal hosts the Academy Awards, he always does it by doing an opening number where he combines uh, the titles and the themes from the movies up for Best Picture into familiar melodies and kind of pokes fun a little uh, at what used to happen, and that was that the Academy had this really cheesy, slow, methodical prelude that they did to the awards that combined all the names. And so when he first did it, there was a little bit of backlash because we've never done it that way before. Who knows? It happens in places other than church, but they, they, he got some backlash. And so when he came back to host it the second time, he said, uh, I know that a lot of you are wondering if I'm going to open up with that opening number again. He said, unfortunately, I have to tell you that uh, the Academy didn't want me doing it. So tonight there will not be an opening number. And he waited, and there were actually a few cheers, which I don't think he expected, but he, he says, you know, we're not going to do it. He says, so tonight, tonight you're not going to hear. And then he went right into the thing that he did the year before that people didn't like. Um, I feel like when it comes to money, this is how sermons start. It goes, I know that you don't like hearing about money. I know that you don't want to hear about giving. But tonight, tonight you're going to hear something you've never heard before. This is a unique perspective. But what happens is, voicemail, what happens is it's the same one, right? It's, it turns out to be the same one over and over and over again. It's the reason your Uncle Ted doesn't come to church anymore. It's the same one, and people just have to deal with it. Um, here's the thing. I, I'm not promising anything new today. I'm not promising anything new. In fact, I hope my words are old. I hope they're about 2,000 years old, and I hope they're Jesus' words and that I don't say anything that uh, I don't need to. Um, when we talk about money, people get a little uptight, and I understand that. Um, but today we're going to talk about generosity. Now, one of the, the things that the church does is they say, we talk about, not necessarily this church, but they say, we talk about money so much. Why? Because Jesus talked about money so much. Well, the truth is, is that's not the entire truth. Jesus used money in a lot of different ways in his, his parables and in dealing with people. But often money wasn't the central thing. And so what we're going to talk about today, yes, Jesus talks using money, but he says you can't serve two masters. You can't serve both God and money. One has to have your heart. And what it turns into is this is a worship thing. This is a lifestyle thing. This is a priority thing. Is God at the forefront of what I'm doing, or is it all about me? Matthew 6 is where we're going to be. It's not going to be on the screen. I want you to actually open up your Bibles or click to your Bibles, whatever you young hip kids do nowadays. But we're, we're going to be in Matthew 6, starting in verse 19. And, and as we get there, I, there's this, this caveat that I'm going to put in, and I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm copying out of anything. Um, there is a line between responsible living with what God has given us and going overboard for ourselves. Now, it's not as fine of a line as we tend to make it out to be, but there is a line. And it's not a money line. For instance, that line for me might not be that line for you. What that line is, is a, 
is a spiritual line. It's the point in which we cross over to self-indulgence and worrying about ourselves instead of focusing on God and seeking his kingdom. And so each of these points asks us, what side of that line do we find ourselves on? So Jesus opens up Matthew 6, verse 19. He says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Now, Jesus could have used a lot of different things here. You can't serve God in popularity. You can't serve God in sex. You can't serve both of these things. But he uses money, I think, because don't we all have that in common? And we pretty much, it's a pretty much universal thing. We all have that in common. This, this money thing is a hang-up for so many. And so what Jesus says here is you can't serve both. The first point on, on your handout is this, is when money or material things becomes about luxury, then we become worshipers. When it's about getting more and more and more and bigger and bigger and bigger and better and better and better, we become so focused on getting these things and we want to serve ourselves by having these luxuries. Now, when I say luxury, some of you say, oh, that's like someone feeding you golden grapes. No, this is just basically living above your your means. This is using the excess that you have in order to buy things for yourself that you really don't need. This is being solely focused on getting more. Now, our money says in God we trust. And it's true. It's just that God's not always our God. Sometimes the very God we worship ends up being the money itself. We sit and we dwell and we focus on these things that will make us richer, these things that will buy us what we really want, and we leave no room for God to come in and say, you know, that's not necessarily what you need to do. Think about it this way, is if you have a, a, a computer and you click on the hard drive, it's going to tell you how much space is left. And if you have some computers, they break it down. It says this much of your space is being used by music. This much space is being used by documents. This is how much space you're using. What happens in our lives is our heart, if it, we could click on it, it, it would say, I have this much for this, this much for this, this much for this. And we decide to tell God, you fill in whatever's left. But what Jesus is very clear here saying is that God doesn't want to fill in. God wants everything. And so the idea of of following after God means that he has everything in here and we can't be solely focused on getting more and more and more. Perhaps the question you need to answer today is in the past week, did you do more time researching, thinking about, and desiring the iPhone 5 than you did praying? This week, did you, did you focus on getting that new thing more than you do spending time with God? Where do you land on that line? Is it for yourself or for God? 
Jesus continues, and he talks about worry. Now, Jesus, in case you haven't noticed, Jesus is pretty smart. Is there anything in this world that goes more hand-in-hand than money and worry? And he addresses them both back-to-back. He says this. He says, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food, and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow, they do not labor or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the fields, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you a little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. The second thing is this, is when money and material things become about security, we forget that we need faith. When money and material things become our security blanket, we forget that we need faith. Now, once again, I I need to address, address this. This is important. It's important for us to use God's money wisely. It's important to make sure that we're taken care of and we have all that we need. So I'm not negating that. I'm also not saying that insurance is a bad thing. I think insurance is a good thing. Life insurance is a good thing. But what I am saying is this, is that a life insurance check has never cut the turkey at Thanksgiving. And it's never driven the kids to school. And it's never talked on the phone to people who need help. If we store everything we have up and say this is what's going to take care of us, Money-wise, maybe it will, but you're still going to be empty. God promises us that he is going to be with us. God promises us that if we're going to put him first, he is all the security that we need. Jesus says, look at all these things. God takes care of all of this. But you are more valuable than that. Do you not believe that if God's going to take care of the grass that he's not going to take care of you. And here's another little thing. This may be hard to follow, so I'll try to, try to, whatever I want to do with it. All right. The Bible says that we are called to seek first the kingdom of God. We're getting to read that verse. The Bible tells us that if we seek God's kingdom, we can be satisfied. Everybody with me? So seeking God leads to being satisfied. Now, here's the thing, is that in this life, will we ever fully and wholly know about God? No. There are things that are still going to be a mystery to us. So, from a standpoint, we're going to seek to find everything and not find it. Yet, the Bible says we can be satisfied. Meanwhile, we say, if I can get this much money... If I can have this much, this many things, then in the future, I will be satisfied. But what happens? When you reach that point, you're just richer. Your problems haven't gone away. 
Today, I challenge you to see where you are. Are you seeking for yourself? Or are you seeking after God? Are material things your security blanket? Or is God? The last thing Jesus says is this. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. I think we can all say amen to that. Here's the, the, the thing, the last one, is that when money and material things become first priority, we forget who we are. And what we subconsciously say is, God, who I am right now isn't good enough, even though it's good enough for you. Right? Once we say, I'll, I'll use me as an example. If I say, it'd be really nice to have $5,000 more a year. All of a sudden, I'm focused on me being the guy with $5,000 more rather than me right now. Or if I say, I, I really like that person's vehicle then I become wanting to be like him and not myself. If I want what this person has, I want to be like them. And we try to be so many other people, we forget that God wants you to be you. That God has given you what you have for a reason. And that's the whole point of this. Now, we've gone through these things, and it's kind of a negative tone, and I apologize for that, but we need to see where we are because in order to live a generous life, we always have to be in the area where God's in control. When God's being worshipped, where God's our security, when God is at the forefront of our lives. And how do we do that? Well, like a lot of things in the Christian life, it's very easy to say, but very hard to do. Psalm 24.1 says that the world and everything in it belongs to who? God. And all of a sudden, it's not our money. And it's not our home. And it's not the things that belong to us. It's God's. Now imagine if someone you know came and gave you $10,000 and said, here, do whatever you want to with it. It's still mine, but you can do whatever you want to with it. And imagine they come back in five years and say, hey, what'd you do with it? You say, well, that car's really nice. I bought the iPhone 7 that's not out for like three years. I, I got all of this stuff, but I never spent it for anyone else. And I didn't show thanks to you for giving it to me. It was all about me. The truth is, the things that we have are not ours. And when we understand that, we realize that it's our biblical duty to take care of it. As far as generosity goes, let me make this caveat. There are times that you may experience excess may be funds, it may be something else. And what is our default thought? Is that's for me. This is extra. We just read that Jesus said that those who seek after him will be provided for. And what we do when we see this excess and think only for ourselves is forget the fact that just maybe you are the instrument that God wants to use to provide for someone else. 
And that's when it gets hard because then we say, but that's our money. But it's not. In order to have a generous lifestyle, to live generously, we, we, have, to, we have to realize stuff's not ours to begin with. And God's going to provide everything. So I don't know where you guys are. I don't know what side of that line. But maybe today, the thing you take from this, and I know a lot of it's been theory, and I don't like listening to theory sermons either, but a lot of it's been that. Maybe the application is this, is to finally give God back what was already his to begin with. And that starts with your heart. And if that is given to God, then everything else that belongs to him anyway will be given as well. Let's pray. Father God, I know that there have been times that, that I've just thought about myself. And I know that there have been times where I've just spent things and done things for my own instead of looking and seeing what you would have done in my life. And for that, Lord, I, I, I'm sorry. And I say that, that publicly to pray that you would give us all this generous heart with acknowledging that the first thing we have to do is give that heart to you and to understand that nothing here is our own that it all belongs to you. May we be a generous people, God. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.